0: Hi, I'm Keith Allen and I play Murphy on Z Nation and I listen to One Up Gaming Podcast.
1: OUG Talks,
0: yeah, OUG Talks. News in chat that really rocks. It's OUG Talks,
1: yeah, OUG Talks.
0: And we're back with the One Up Gaming Podcast. This is OUG Talks, episode 19. Just had to edit that in there. I said the wrong number. Sorry. Carry on. And I've got a special guest. So if you just want to introduce yourself and just say what you do, please.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Arie Loop. I'm um, responsible for marketing at a small Dutch developer and publisher called Gamius.
0: And what's the latest game that you've been working on?
1: We have just released a game called Turmoil. Uh, we released that last week, on uh, June fifth, June fifth, I think it was, and um, it was a game that was in early access on Steam for exactly a year. Um, but now it's out of early access and it's, uh, fully, uh, fully finished and released.
0: We got sent, I guess it would have been early access code. Uh, it seems a very long time ago.
1: Yeah, that's uh, very possible. Um, On June 2nd of last year, the game uh, was out on early access, and uh, we reached out to a lot of folks that we thought would like the game, Um, and we thought we were going to be in early access for about six months, but uh, it went really well. Early access went well. Um, We sold... Uh, enough copies to keep going and um, the uh, back and forth with the community was very helpful for us. Uh, So we decided to prolong our early access stay and and just do more and create a bigger game. Um, So we ended up with uh, exactly one year uh, in early access, which was really good to us.
0: What sort of improvements or changes would you say is like the biggest ones that you changed that you might not have done if you didn't do early access?
1: Well, uh, actually, the the biggest change that we noticed really quickly is that um, the players went through the game uh, in an evening or two. And that's something we just completely didn't see coming. We thought we had a game with quite some content, um, a simple campaign mode and single player game mode, um, and the first thing that showed up in the forums after about a week was, "Hey, this is a fun game, but where's the rest of it?" So we were kind of uh, blown away with that, uh, and we decided that we needed to, um, especially for the for the price, the game's uh, price at ten US dollars, um, we we needed to uh, give people more game for their money. So uh, we worked a lot on uh, world building and a a campaign and characters and a proper end game because that was something that was kind of missing in the beginning as well. Um, The game was uh, fun to play and you just earned a lot of money by digging for oil in the ground. But um, there was no overarching goal um, and no story to it. So um, that part of the game we almost immediately decided needed to be Uh, a lot different than we had in mind yeah so i would say the campaign mode and the the world building
0: so you said the game was in early access for exactly a year i mean how long was the game started before it went into early access
1: i would say also almost about a year the game is uh, made by five people who work uh, part-time so um it's not a lot of people it's a very small team the team only has one programmer um and th- there is some help sometimes by interns that work for the company that also work on multiple games, but uh, it's a very small team. And the programmer, game designer um, have were at it for more than a year, well, about a year before we went into Early Access. So um, I think about two months before we started Early Access, we got an artist involved because we wanted the game to kind of look the part. Um, we didn't want to uh, put something out there with uh, programmer art. Um, but before that, I don't think we even had a musician on board and a sound effects guy either. Everything was code. So, um, yeah, I I, th- I would say a year before early access with a, a part-time programmer, and then one year uh, in early access with a part-time team of about five people.
0: And, I mean, our reviewer that reviewed it did say that it when he first saw it, he thought it looked a little bit too simple, but he, he ended up really enjoying it and got really into the actual the game itself. Yeah. And he said it's a lot deeper than it first appears. Yeah. I mean, do you think that with the graphical style being a little bit too... Well, not too cutesy, but that sort of style, do you think that might put some more serious players off? Maybe. Um,
1: but, I mean... We- obviously want to attract as many people as possible but um, uh, gameplay for us is a uh, just the most important thing um, so when we prototype ideas we do that for a long time and we do it using coder art um, we do really like the art style but it is it is 2D and it is quite um, uh, not, not cartoony it's, it's a little bit simplistic but it fits the game and um, We could spend many more hours to make it much more flashy and maybe uh, attract other players as well. But um, for us, games should always be about the gameplay and and art is not as important. So uh, we're happy with the way it is, but yet there is a possibility that a couple of people who see screenshots will think um, that it's too simplistic of a game where In reality, it's not. It's quite deep. Um, There's quite a lot of different stuff going on and and we level up or we we kind of layer the gameplay constantly. Um, So there's some people who will miss that. But I think um, most people who check out a a review or a YouTube video um, get to see quite soon that there's more to it than that
0: first layer. So you said the game itself had about five people making it
1: yes the, the team consists of five people uh, one programmer um, one musician uh, sound effects artist uh, an artist uh, and a game designer so that's, that's the, base, uh, the base team and then there's a couple of people around that uh, that help now and again but um, the core team is five people uh, who worked on the game part time for, for a year
0: when the game has actually now come out on Steam, it's had very positive reviews. Does yeah. that help and make you feel vindicated that the game itself was worth the, like, the year in development and then the year in early access to try and improve the, actual yeah. and the overall?
1: Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the reviews are uh, important to us. Um, we try to read them all and, and also leave a comment when we can. We also read the, the negative ones to make sure that we uh, tackle anything that might uh, might be wrong or that uh, with the game or tackle anything that the, the players don't uh, didn't understand up front. So uh, now the reviews are very important. Sales are obviously uh, super important. We had a, uh, during early access, a couple of big YouTubers play a game and that improved sales by quite a lot. Um, so that's all, always very nice to see it's it's good motivation uh to keep to keep developing and uh yeah since last week the the reception has been been really good and um we've been uh on the steam front page for for quite a while so we're we've been very lucky to ha- have a reception like that and it's just fueled us kind of to to keep going and to try and uh, improve the game from here on out uh, with uh, with updates and content updates to make sure that uh, the game does well now but also in the future.
0: Would you say that it's a lot easier now than it was a few years ago to actually get the like an indie game front page on Steam?
1: Yeah um, I this is our second game on Steam, and the first one um, didn't do half as well. So it it has become a bit easier. I also think that this game is uh, really good for the Steam audience. It's, it's a PC game. It's uh, a bit of management, bit of simulation. Um, so I think it fits the audience well. It's obviously easier nowadays for uh, small developers to get their game on Steam but uh, we've been lucky enough to also be uh, featured when we've been launched reasonably prominently Uh, so it's still you're still dependent on uh, other factors than yourself Uh, you need a little bit of luck uh, you need a little bit of help but you also I think need uh, a good solid Game, otherwise uh, you can't do you can you can't reach any proper result. So um, I think the the, the, the basic uh, game that you have to deliver has to be of a certain standard, um, and uh, it should fit the the platform. And in our game, Turmoil, I think fits Steam very well, and then. Because you create a good base, then uh, the opportunities arise to get featured somewhere or to uh, get a larger YouTuber to play your game. And then kind of the ball starts rolling. So um, yes, it is easier, but it's, it's not completely, and it will never will be, completely under your own control. Um, because there's so many games coming out that it's very hard to kind of get noticed in, in, uh, in between all of them.
0: I've always sort of wondered with indie development, there's a lot of games now coming out on Steam that are basically what I would call bad mobile parts. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's diluting the, actual, the overall Steam sort of store? Um, it, it might be a little bit.
1: But we have made mobile games and we we do intend to bring some of them over to to Steam. So I don't want to, how do you say that, throw in my own windows. But uh, in our case, for example, we've got a game called Lines, which was very well received on mobile. um, And we've kind of upgraded it to try and get it on a, a level that's worthy of a Steam release so we've, uh, we're have we adding uh, workshops and editing tools uh, so that people can actually play the game and, ex- and expand on it um, otherwise we wouldn't have thought about releasing that game it's not released yet but it will be in a couple of months um, but yeah there are a lot of games that are direct mobile ports uh, where developers have just have not gone out of their way to adapt the game for PC. Um, And that's maybe not a good thing um, because it does dilute the the store a little bit and uh, it it makes it harder for other games to, to get noticed. But on the other hand, if there's a couple of games in your kind of category or in your vicinity that don't do well... Um, that means your game is going to look a little bit better as a result. So um, I'm kind of uh, on the fence about that. Uh, we do hope that our, our our games that we want to bring to PC do well, uh, but we also want to make sure that they're worthy of a of a proper Steam release. So I don't think we would ever just port a game um, from yeah from one platform to the other. Uh, especially mobile towards PC Uh, I also think that the Steam audience is quite wary of titles that have been ported that way and uh, games sometimes they get kind of punished for that you see a lot of really bad Steam reviews for games that are coming from the mobile sector to uh, Steam whereas games that go the other way are really well received um, and there's also uh, the controls issue. Controls are super important for a game, any game. Um, and if you port a mobile game towards Steam, there are going to be some control issues that you can uh, that you can expect, and you you can improve controls because you've you've got a keyboard and a mouse suddenly to play with. Um, so if if developers don't do that, then I think they're missing an opportunity and. Those kind of games, yeah, do dilute the store, but uh, hopefully uh, we won't in the future.
0: I I only sort of bring it up because I bought um, a racing game. I'm not going to name the game, Mm -hmm. but it was $5, so I wasn't expecting anything fancy, but the game itself still had the virtual buttons on the screen.
1: Oh, that's bad.
0: And it didn't actually recognize my Xbox controller. It was only keyboard you could use to actually play the game.
1: That's, I mean, you you would suspect that there's some kind of quality control somewhere that would prevent games like that from publishing. Um, It seems like that is like uh, just an easy cash grab uh, where a developer just says okay i'm I'm gonna just put this out there as it is and hope that it sells hope that it does well uh yeah and that's a shame that's not something that we would ever do um we've got too much uh old school gamers here to uh to actually let something like that happen but yeah i, I understand how you feel
0: and on the other side of the coin do you think that turmoil might Go over to like iPad or iPhone because I think yeah. that it'd fit perfectly.
1: Yeah, it it, uh, it very well might. Um, we had the game working on a on an iPad about I, I would say eight eight months ago, um, but because of early access and it went really well, we decided to completely focus on PC. Um, so that's what we are still doing in in the near future, next three months. We're just going to do PC because we want to build on the, the game that we have now. But it's absolutely a candidate to uh, become an iPad game. I don't think a um, phone game is in in the cards because uh, controls would be a, an issue. The, the distances um, between pipes and upgrading little sections of pipe would just be uh, unmanageable on a... On a, on a phone version, I think. But, um, yeah, it's absolutely a possibility, but we would really have to work at it and um, work at the controls to make everything that is now, like all the stuff that is now um, available to you on mouse over, all the extra information that we have to give people, that's not possible on a mobile screen. There is no mouse over. Um, right-clicking, left-clicking, that's also not possible. So, um it's something that we, we do want to do, um, uh, but when we do it, we need to do it right. And uh, it's also something that's just not a priority at the moment. The priority is to keep developing the Steam version and make it as good as it can be so that it kind of it keeps selling uh, now and also in the future.
0: I've actually got a copy of the game, I think a couple of days ago, and I'll be honest... When I saw the screenshots, I just genuinely just, I think oh, it's not for me, mm-hmm. but I actually put it on earlier on today and I, I was just sat here for a good hour and a half, just clicking buttons and yeah. <laughs> it's really enjoyable. Yeah, we
1: we get that a lot, I, especially the people who don't expect much, but do give it a chance. Um, they tend to kind of fall in love with it or, or keep playing for two or three hours where they just didn't realize it. Um, I think it's it's probably my job to try and get people to play it. And the screenshots that we have, I think, look nice, but probably don't um, convey everything we want them to convey. But it's it's such a difficult uh, thing to do with just screenshots. So we hope that stuff like the trailers uh, help in that regard. But, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's uh, it looks... Very simple, and it's a, a game that you can play for for a short while. I mean a, a single level lasts about ten minutes ten to fifteen level uh ten to fifteen minutes but uh, we rarely see people playing just one level. they always play one more level it's that that classic feeling that you get that you can do a little bit better than you thought you did last time, so people just continue playing and they, they seem to enjoy it. Which we are very uh, very happy with, but it's the problem I think for indie games in general, but for us as well is trying to um, properly convey the the feeling of the game and what you can expect and what you can do um, try try and properly uh, bring that to the audience audience so that they will a get your game and b play the game and actually uh, enjoy what they're doing and and feel like they haven't been lied to, for instance. Um, so there was one review on Steam that says, uh, it does what it says on the box, which I think is a, a huge compliment because um, you, you want to sell your game, but you don't want to oversell it. Uh, that's also, especially in the beginning of Early Access, was one of the problems where uh, we kind of oversold the game a little, bit, a little bit and because it was not finished yet, people were disappointed So we kind of amended our communication and amended the the, uh, descriptions on the storefront and and that helped in that sense. But uh, uh, we go over those storefront texts, uh, I think a dozen times before we actually update them. It's something that we uh, take really seriously um, to make sure that we do paint a a pretty picture of of what you're going to get, but also not a... uh, uh, we don't want to lie to people so that they don't feel cheated afterwards. Uh, and it's a kind of a fine line to walk. And I think some games sometimes miss that line or miss that mark and that can hurt them. Uh, and hopefully for thermal it uh, uh, it doesn't.
0: And I mean, I guess being an indie studio, I guess the hardest thing for you guys is to actually just get the game's name out for people to hear <laughs> To actually yeah. try the game, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean,
1: it's it's the same for 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 everyone probably to, uh, that doesn't have a million dollar marketing budget is to try and um, get your name out there, and it's something that we've been working at for about a year now. Um, we do work with a uh, PR company to uh, send out our press releases to make sure that it reaches. A lot of people because we don't have uh, uh, we ourselves don't have a huge uh, address list of people that we can just send stuff to and then they write articles about it we don't have that so but um, starting early access I started to write uh, YouTube channels mainly also the, the bigger websites but um, they're not as interesting for us as, as YouTube channels and I started to kind of target uh, YouTube channels that were, that have an audience that fit our game. I didn't just write to uh, anybody and everybody because I wanted to make sure that our game was a fit for the channel um, also to try and have a better chance of actually getting played by that person or that, uh, on that channel. And um, that worked, but it was a, uh, yeah, it was a lot of work. I think I would have to, I would, personally personally write about 10 uh emails to 10 different channels and then one would pick it up um so i i would have like a 10 percent success rate but the people who did pick it up really liked it um so i think this the strategy kind of worked i also didn't use any copy pasting emails i wrote everybody specifically and and personally so it's um it, it takes a lot of effort, and I think a lot of indie studios uh, miss that kind of marketing guy or girl who just does marketing. Mostly there is a producer or a game designer or a director that also does the marketing side. And At GameUse, we have someone who just does marketing all the time uh, because it's a full-time job, and um, you need to get your... Uh, Get your name out there; otherwise, you can make the best game in the world, and it's never going to get played. So, yeah, that's a, a huge part of, of, I think, getting a, a, an indie game out there and successful.
0: I'm actually quite old, and YouTube I basically just go and watch trailers, and that's basically it. Yeah, I'm not one of these people that'll sit there and watch like PewDiePie or any of the mm-hmm. the, the big sort of people. Because to me, it's I just want to see what the game looks like for two, three minutes, and turn it off. Um, yep. Do you think it's sort of a little bit crazy how much influence some of these YouTubers actually have if a game's successful enough? Um, it I, on the one hand, it is because it's, um, they do have a huge amount
1: of influence, and we see it as well. If the if the right kind of YouTuber uh, does a video about uh, about turmoil, the, the sales go up. Uh, with, within the hour so they do have a huge um, impact on the other hand uh, you sh- if you look at youtubers as the, uh, the 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 best news source for games or um, the best source of uh, for young people to see okay what do I like and uh, uh, what do I want to play it's not the bigger websites anymore. Um, I think young people tend to follow three, four, maybe five YouTube channels that they really like, that they get to know, um, where they get a, a, a personal connection with the, the host. And they know that, okay, if this guy plays a game and he likes it, then I'm gonna like it as well. And maybe it's not dissimilar to how it worked in the old days where if you read like the really old days where you had a newspaper and there was a certain um a certain book critic or film critic where you knew okay if this guy likes the movie I'm going to like it as well or if 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 he or she likes it that because they kind of have the same taste i think youtubers just kind of took over that role of being uh the critic the game critic that um you know is going to play the games that you like or dislike and so it's i think they, they kind of take their almost their news from youtubers which might be a little bit worrying if you see some youtubers but um they take their their game suggestions from youtubers and um i think it's super powerful because we, we you're a, as a game company you're able to get right on the the screen front screen in youtube of the people following those channels. So it, it's right now, it, I mean, it might change in five or 10 years because it, because it has changed in the last five to 10 years. But um, right now, I think the YouTubers are the m- most important source of, of bringing your game to the, to the front of somebody's screen. Um, we've tried to get articles in the, of course, the, the bigger uh, websites that everybody knows the Kotaku's and uh, giant bomb etc etc we haven't been able to do that some of our competitors have had an article on uh, on those websites but it does almost nothing for sales whereas one big youtuber doing your uh, playing your game has an immediate impact on sales so yeah it, it's it's. Uh, uh, I don't think it's worrying it, it's just a different version of something that we had years ago then then it was critics
0: writing in newspapers and now it's YouTubers playing games i mean i remember when i was i guess about 14 15 we'd actually get like vhss stuck to game magazines and you know to have all the latest trailers and gameplay clips um, I mean that's even before like they put CDs and DVDs on. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, absolutely. I mean that that's kind of my generation as well. I, I at some point in time I wrote for PC Zone, which is an old uh, British uh, game magazine. You probably know it, uh, and I wrote for the, the Dutch version of that. And like the, the thing that you would look out for the most was the DVD or CD with all the the roms on it and the. Uh, the demos for games on it, and that was the way to kind of uh, introduce yourself with new games. Uh, and otherwise, you were just reading the magazine and, and picking out articles from your favorite writers. And it's just, it's, it's the same principle, but it's just completely uh, moved over to YouTube. It's and it's so much more accessible. So it's um, yeah, it's it's easier to uh, to to get your fix. That can kind of way to, to um, yeah learn about new games and uh, so so for developers it's natural uh, natural movement towards youtube I guess um, and i th- I think it's uh, the number one priority for for myself to uh, uh, yeah to, to try and reach that uh, to, to try and reach those content creators and twitch of course as well um, although that's a little bit more um it's a little bit more flighty it's kind of twitch is, is live and then it's not live again anymore and people save highlights and they save uh, past broadcasts but it's a really live thing but i guess that's also the way it's going with uh, other social media like periscope um so you have to be live now to kind of make an impact and that's a little bit harder again for me to reach but um, those are the, the places that you want to go as an indie developer to get your game noticed.
0: I've been running the actual website itself about three and a half years. And I will say the written articles, some do get a lot of views and others hardly get anything. But I mean, I did a a silly little video review of a steering wheel for the Xbox One and that's oh, yeah. had about 150,000 views and it's a lot <laughs> you know and so i mean over the last few months we have been discussing moving more into video content because i think that's the future of the industry now
1: i it's not the future it's it's what we live well, in oh yeah i guess it's we're uh, already there yeah we're already there and uh, the interesting question is what is the future I mean it's not going to stay video for long um, so now I, I absolutely get why uh, people like yourself are are, are are making that move it's completely uh, logical I mean most young people take their news and their, their uh, videos via cell phone now so um, it, it's not uh, it's not particularly easy to read long articles on cell phone. They'd rather watch a video. Um, so it makes perfect sense to, to go move towards video and also uh, live stuff, Twitch and streams and Periscope, but it's uh, f- for guys like us, I do streams as well. Uh, I, I play turmoil on stream once a week. Um, and it, it's just, it is a, a hazard or just a hassle to set up and, to make sure that viewers are there when you are there, um, it takes a different kind of effort, but um, it is very fulfilling as well. If you, uh, when I'm live and there's 15, 20 people uh, who all play Turmoil as well, and, and we kind of get into a discussion about the game and stuff that needs changing or stuff that they like and that they don't like, it's, it's super rewarding because you're talking to your player base. Uh, Directly, uh, which is a lot of fun. So there, there's negatives and positives, but th- it, that is the way it's going. Uh, I, I think it's uh, uh, just the way it's been going for the last five years, and I'm, I'm really interested to see where it's going in the next five.
0: Yeah, I mean for us, the only hassle is the said the website. It costs me like two hundred pound a year to run, and the podcast is about fifty or a hundred pounds a year to sort of do that. Yep. But I mean like you'd get the game, you can play it any time, and then just quickly write something that takes forty five minutes maximum to do like a yep. like a six hundred words sort of review. Um, I mean yes it might get sent to someone else to be looked over and edited. But that's basically it and then twenty minutes to upload onto the website. But if you're gonna go more video focus, you've got to actually record all the footage that you're playing. You've got to actually itemise it all so you know exactly what's happening in each section. Edit that yep. all together, add a voiceover onto the top of that, and then that can take a good hour or two to just encode into the the MP four, whatever format and then upload that can take another hour or so and then it's just yeah, it's so a, much time. It's a,
1: different kind of, yeah, it's, it's a different kind of job. It's a different kind of job. We know from talking to YouTubers that um, when we try to get them to do uh, a video about turmoil, they would say that they have like two weeks of content already planned out because what they're actually uploading or what they're uh, putting on uh, live is two weeks old because they have got such a long... Uh, they need a long lead time. They need to create uh, a kind of a backlog of videos so that they can have a day off now and again. It's a uh, it's different, totally different kind of uh, uh, work. But I think it's like if for the as I, I've been in in uh, journalism as well, and um, I think there's still definitely a uh, market for written articles on the web. I don't think that's going to go away, but it's just not going to be the main way that uh, people are going to get content or want to get content. So um, they're going to to gravitate towards video and live automatically just because it's easier and it's quicker. And uh, so I think you can still do uh, still, still create a website and uphold the website, but um, it's going to get harder and harder to keep people coming back. Uh, I don't know if if you've experienced it that way, but because you were talking about um, the the that some articles do really well and some don't at all, do you, is there a um, is there something that you can point at that says, okay, this article is going to do great, and this article is probably going to do.
0: Not so great. From my experience, when we put reviews up, if it's a big game review, there's hardly any point in putting the review up because everyone that's want to read that review will go to like IGNR. But it's yeah. I mean, we had um, I think it was called Police Force Two, which is like a, mm-hmm. a police simulator that was released a couple of years ago, and that absolutely killed at like hundreds of thousands of views because. It was like a small indie game that no one else had up. So anybody looking for a review on that game came to you? Yeah, that when you searched please intercept a review our page was right at the top of Google.
1: Yeah, so it's um, maybe more of a um, trying to find a niche where not everybody's going to go. Or uh,
0: where not every website is going to cover. But again, it's knowing what People are actually looking for that no one else is covering. Yeah, it's just, is yeah. it, I don't know. It's it's, um, yeah,
1: it is. But uh, like I know there's a lot of websites, for instance, in the Netherlands who haven't covered Turmoil, and um, we are not a big country. We we have we do have a lot of game developers, but not a lot of developers have entertainment releases like Turmoil, apart from a couple of the big ones that everybody knows. Um, And then there are three or four larger uh, websites on games that haven't uh, done an article about Turmoil. And I'm still wondering why. And I think it's because they're covering games like Overwatch and other uh, huge games because that's what gets them their views and their hits um, where they could also try and focus on uh, smaller titles or uh, Dutch titles but it probably if, if if that is a, a miss for them then they'll have spent time on something that doesn't generate hits and doesn't generate money so uh, it's uh, especially if you want to make a living out of it it's uh, um, a tough choice do you go for to, do you want to cover everything you probably can't because that's too much then you have to cover a certain uh, a certain area of gaming, are you going to cover all the big news or are you going to co- cover smaller channels? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's difficult.
0: I think that will do because I've nearly had you for an hour. Okay, cool. It's always great to hear people's thoughts on, I mean I'm always fascinated with like the indie development and Steam and all those other bits and bobs. And like YouTube, yeah. I'm absolutely fascinated. As I say, we're looking to launch bits and bobs more towards Twitch and YouTube and that. It's always great just to have other people's opinions and what kind of stuff we should maybe focus on.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's for me, it's just as a as the guy trying to get the game out there, YouTubers have been the single most... Uh, important thing in the last year Uh, it's gotten to a point where uh, when a a South Korean YouTuber with one and a half million subscribers picked up our game I have no idea how but he picked it up Um, and suddenly he he made a series out of it and suddenly for three weeks we were selling uh, about 200 copies a day where we were first selling 20 copies a day so um, there's just a a super direct influence from YouTube going towards game sales, especially on Steam uh, because it's just a click away. Everybody has their Steam open, everybody has their uh, internet open. So for for a small company like ours, we know that that spot is where we need to be if we wanna make a living uh, making games. And so far for Turmoil, it's worked out really well. But I know that there are other companies and Dutch companies that have games out there that just don't get picked up for some reason and they don't sell anything. And it's uh, it's really tough to see.
0: If you just want to tell our listeners how they can get hold of Turmoil. Yes, uh, it's quite easy. Uh, Turmoil is on uh,
1: on Steam. It's just on Steam, just for PC at the moment. Um, We're working on a Mac version as well, but that'll be uh, along in a couple of weeks, hopefully. But uh, yeah, Turmoil on Steam, and it's got a subtitle, and it's called Drill for Oil, like it's 1899. It's an oil drilling game that is set in the uh, 19th century, so uh, that should tell you what to expect, kind of.
0: And it's one of those games where it's very hypnotizing. (laughs) yeah
1: it can be there's some really nice uh, music in the background and um there's time kind of flies by when you're playing it it looks super simple to play and then within five minutes you're going to be in all sorts of trouble uh and then you can rinse and repeat uh get some upgrades get better and then we layer all kinds of stuff on top of that it's uh we think it's a lot of fun otherwise we wouldn't have made it but uh uh, it's doing well, and hopefully, uh, you guys will get to uh, you guys give it a chance, and uh, hope you, hopefully, you'll
0: like it. Because I mean, like we reviewed it just a few days ago, and it might not be as high as what you guys were wanting, but we gave it four out of five. Oh yeah, um, that's
1: uh, we are very happy with uh, fours out of fives. I mean, and um, there's so much lower stuff, lower numbers
0: that you can get that. Uh, uh, we will absolutely take a four out of five. Thank you very much. Not a problem. So thank you so much for appearing this week.
1: No problems.
0: It was fun. Okay, thank you and goodbye. Bye-bye. Hey guys, Justin here. I just wanted to say that I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you a lot. Yes, you in particular, in that way. And I wanted to say, I think you're great. I've always said that about you. And I was wondering, if you think we're great, If you could give us a quick rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. It would really, really help us out in that, you know, podcasty sort of way. And, if you're feeling particularly festive, perhaps even a little saucy, maybe stop by our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash O-U-G and see if you can't slip a few bucks our way. After all, every little penny or whatever space money they use in Europe helps out the show. Thanks for listening. O-U-G Gaming will always be free, but With your support, we can always move forward and always be better.